Hello and welcome back to the Couch Game Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined as always by Matt. What a freaking way to start free agency, Chamberlain. How you doing, Matt? Well, Ryan. <laughs> um, better than the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> wow. Uh, um, well, let's just say, like, I the the NBA never stops. You never get to sleep. It just it continues. It's a uh, you know three years essentially since KD and Kyrie came to Brooklyn, and it, it's, uh, we can get into it later. But like, not a lot to show since that three years and there's been some other teams who've been in that same 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 boat um we're coming up on the six-year anniversary of the kd leaving for uh the warriors from oklahoma city and i don't it's just wild i feel like the last six years in the nba have just been felt like an eternity but everything's moved so fast that (laughs) like you can't keep track of like oh yeah kd's moved you know two times since then and yeah um has won two championships and two final mv finals mvps and uh Kyrie's broken up two other teams (laughs) like it's just it's just any any meme you can find with a fire in the background and a face in the foreground like that's just Kyrie. like it like whether it's an elmo one whether it's like a little girl like looking over her shoulder they all apply (laughs) <laughs> it's just incredible um I, and that's i mean there's there's a lot to discuss with free agency since that is opened um but matt let's uh let's let's just you know get right into it let's talk about some news and just get right into some wild things that have happened in the nba in the last seven days um and this is since the draft like there's been some wild things that have happened even since the draft, since we last talked, and um, one of those things is Charlotte bringing back Steve Clifford. Right. Like, what in the world? Okay, so let's recap for Charlotte, right? Like, you you fire Steve Clifford to bring in James Borrego. Then you fire James Borrego to bring back Steve Clifford? Well, to bring in Kenny Atkinson to then get – Ghosted by Kenny Atkinson, <laughs> like to bring back Steve Clifford. What is happening? Like what? I don't. Like did they? Did they just like stop searching, or were they like? I they don't found know. like some old notes from like 2014 when they hired Steve Clifford, and they were like, "Hey, this guy sounds pretty good." <laughs> like what is? Like of all of the possibilities, you bring back a guy you already fired. Which, like, there's precedent for this in the NBA, right? Like, this isn't the first time it's happened. But, like, why are you... But not like, replacing the guy you replaced him with. Right. Like, what is the thought process there? Like, you obviously had hesitations about this guy at some point. So why are you bringing him back? Like, have those hesitations gone away? Like, if you didn't trust him, trust him to get, like, a veteran team to the playoffs... Like, are you trusting him to develop your young core now? Like, what? Like, how? How do you justify that? I, I just don't understand. Um, it is weird. It is so, very weird. So Charlotte's doing some things. Um, and another coaching news: Utah fills its head coaching vacancy. Uh, Will Hardy 
from Boston comes over. Matt, how do you feel about this? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just whatever. Uh, I don't get too broken up about assistant coaches leaving, especially when we're in the situation we're in with Udoka. He ain't leaving anytime soon. So that's fair. Yeah. The will it's interesting. Will Hardy um, signs a five-year deal, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just something to note. I heard this on another podcast and I think it bears repeating that the last time Danny Ainge signed a coach to a five-year deal, he sent out, all of his star players. Right. Um, Brad Stevens and then the whole KG Paul yeah. Pierce. Yep. Right. Just sent everyone out. Um, which is kind of fascinating. And I don't I don't know. We'll talk about Utah here in a little bit. Uh, but that's that's an interesting situation to keep your eye on. Um, the NBA also announced this week that the salary cap is going up to 123 million and the tax is mm-hmm. 150 million. Kind of expected, I guess, the salary cap is expected to go up over the next couple of years, especially with a new potential CBA deal and TV deals um, coming in. So um, kind of interesting there. Some um, less good news now, Matt. Jaron Jackson Jr. is out four to six months after foot surgery. Um, this kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like last time we saw Jaron Jackson Jr., he was fine. Like two months ago. Right. Yeah. Like, so did he, like, I don't, has he been played? Did he play with this injury? Like, was he like trying to get off season workouts in and like had a stress rack? Like what? I I guess I don't know any of those details, which makes me a bad podcast host, but it's just kind of came out of the blue. Um, And then maybe the worst piece of news uh, that we have to talk about today is Miles Bridges getting arrested uh, for domestic violence charges. His wife came out on Instagram with a very lengthy post um, about some of the, some of those allegations. Um, and it's just not great, Matt. It's all bad. There's there's no good spin. I don't even want to do like the slightly lighthearted spin of like, oh, this dude fumbled the bag because like it's more than yes, that. Yeah, it's but, it, it's way more than that. Like you're yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. Um, we're all as of right now, we're all anti miles bridges right now, which is unfortunate because as a player, the last couple of years loved his growth as, you know, a, a guy for the Charlotte Hornets, but the not, does not get to excuse this. So yes. um, let's change this back to a slightly lighthearted note, Ryan, before we transition to the main topics, just real quick, going back to the Hornets thing. I was just curious was there anyone on the roster the last time Steve Clifford coached them still on the roster, which was 2017, 2018 season. So not that long ago, Ryan, the answer is no, <laughs> there's no one from that team. Dwayne Bacon, Nick Batum, Michael Carter, Williams, Travion Graham, Willie Hernan Gomez, Dwight Howard, Frank Kaminsky, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist. Jeremy Lamb, Mancock, Matthew, Malik Monk, Marcus Page, Julian Stone, Kimba Walker, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller. None of which still on the Charlotte Hornets. I tell you, man, Dwight Howard, just a just a coach killer. <laughs> That's your takeaway. Man, my takeaway was like, holy crap. Kemba really cared the Charlotte team. Yeah, man. Oh my god. No. <laughs> that, that, was, that roster was so bad. That was uh, 
Uh, man. Okay, maybe we should give Steve Clifford some more props here then. <laughs> he had one player. Like, <laughs> that do something. like, is Marvin Williams even in the NBA? Like, where is that dude? No, I think he fell out a couple years ago. I mean, Malik Monk was... He was a like a top 10 player. pick, wasn't he? He was pick 11, and that was his rookie year. Cody Zeller, you know, is just a backup now. Uh, Malik Monk got paid. Jeremy Lamb... It's still a decent backup shooter, I guess. Frank Kaminsky is still in the league. Hernan Gomez is still in the league as like a third string. Nick Batum. But got that, paid. Yeah. So, you know, like, yeah, not, not a lot going on here. Yeah, not great. Not great. Um, but speaking of getting paid and getting the bag, Matt, let's talk about some NBA trades that have just popped off since – free agency open and there's some wild stuff and we mentioned this at the top of the show but let's let's talk about the brooklyn nets let's start there yeah um so the part one is Kyrie decides to opt in because he's different ryan um yeah i i you know he's (laughs) so different that he wanted to keep us 36 million (laughs) dollars Instead of signing for $6 million. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So there's that. And then I, I'm curious because there's like a chicken and the egg thing here for me a little bit of did Kyrie opting in make Kevin Durant say, get me out of here? Or was Kevin Durant getting out of there no matter what? You know, because he, he basically said, F it. I want out. So I don't know if Kyrie opting out would have helped, but opting in definitely didn't. So here we are, Ryan. Um, shook the NBA world. He's possibly wanting to go to Miami or Phoenix if they can get a deal done. I don't know what to do with this, Ryan, because this is just like break your brain type of stuff. Well, he, I'm, uh... he wants out again. This isn't as bad as the Harden one, still. But We're getting in that territory. Yeah, he's, it's in, he's towing the line. It's in the ballpark. Um, also, like, you know, we heard. I guess there was a story a couple weeks ago that like Kevin Durant hasn't talked to the Brooklyn front office since the end of the season, and that was kind of weird. But like, I kind of wrote it off as like, oh well, you know. We kind of hear these stories every so often. It's like players no, just—I didn't, I didn't care. I don't care. Like, yeah, it's just kind of like, oh yeah, players, you know, take a break. They, you know, go away, do their vacations, whatever. Not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. but it, it's a it. It ended up being a big deal. Like it is really big deal. Um, and so it's I don't know. It's like you said. It's interesting that he's asking out. I mean, this is one of the, what we can all agree on of one of the five best players in the NBA right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And there's not really a precedent for someone of that caliber. You could argue like Anthony Davis maybe, but he wasn't really like peak, like multiple. Maybe like Kawhi, but I guess that depends on your opinion at the time of him. Right. Leaving San Antonio. But Kawhi never won, like, even Kawhi and Anthony Davis never won, like, a regular season MVP 
Kawhi had the finals MVP. But this yeah. is like a multiple time champion, multiple times MVP. And like in terms of like finals and regular season MVP combined, um, asking for a trade. And we haven't really seen this before, at least in this version of the NBA. We've seen it in the history of the NBA, sure. Um, but not like it since the player empowerment era started. It's always been via free agency that the top players have leveraged their way out of a situation, usually. Right, right. And therefore, like, on a I'll sign whatever I want to sign deal. Kevin right. Durant on a four-year deal still. This isn't like the Kawhi one where it's like, you know you're trading for a year of him. Right, and it's an expiring contract. Exactly. Like, this is still four years of what looks like still fairly in his prime, Kevin Durant. So when you start comparing what teams are offering or what the Nets want compared to some of the other trades that have been happening, which we'll get to, it's like you have to offer everything under the sun. No pun intended. <laughs> like right. everything. I mean, like, you have to keep something to have him go to like and join with, but anything else that could be potentially viewed as expendable has to be viewed as expendable right now. Right. You your, want. your untouchables turn into touchables now. Yeah. Right. Like it like, literally has to be like, okay, we're not training, trading Giannis. We're not, you know, trading Devin Booker. Like you can have like one guy. You're like, we are not trading this one guy. But everyone else is pretty much has to be on the table. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I kind of want to circle back to something you pointed out is that like you have to give everything. I think that we're in a spot now that teams don't have like the war, like the teams who do have the war chest of assets aren't ready to compete. So therefore, they're not going to give their yeah. best offer, right? Like the Oklahoma City's right. the world. Um, like you could argue New Orleans could be in the hunt for Kevin Durant and they have like a huge war chest of assets. Um, yeah. But they're really the only team who ha- who's in that situation right now. The rest of the contenders have spent their assets. Like when we talk about like teams like Milwaukee or the Lakers or even the Clippers, like they have nothing left. They don't really have anything left because they went and did that. Yeah, and they've spent it all for Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Drew. They just had to use it all to get to even where they are. Right. So, like, we're on a spot right now where teams are, like, talking about it. But that's why it's so fascinating because there's so limited teams into where, like, the Suns might be the only other one who haven't really dealt everything, right, mm-hmm. to get to where they are. They kind of did it through the draft and free agency. They haven't really entered into the trade market yet. Um, This would be kind of their first foray into that. And I don't know. It's just going to be fascinating to see. I think because of that, it's just going to be a long, drawn-out thing. Like, this isn't going to be resolved in a week, I don't think. Yeah. Well, and I think with the Harden-Simmons thing, the Nets have proven this calendar year. They'll they'll get into a staring contest, you know. If they think they have the better asset like they did at the time with James Harden, they'll they'll be like, Yeah, no, we're just gonna wait on it. Like 
we're going to wait until you throw the last thing we want in. Yeah. In. The, the Seth Curry. Like, we want this right. one more thing. And eventually they got it, you know. So when it comes to Phoenix, for example, let's just talk about Phoenix and Miami. Phoenix is like, we'll do one of eight in our bridges and then a whole bunch of stuff to go with it. Brooklyn's just going to stare him down and say, we have Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, you're going to throw in Cam Johnson because yeah. we want Cam Johnson and, and like, we have Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, like they're going to say, well, no, we're not taking one of Bridges or Aiden. We're taking both. Right. Like, you, you know, it's just like they're going to do that kind of stuff because they have Kevin Durant. And at the end of the day, if you're Phoenix, you would like to think Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, plus whoever you still have left at that point, Jay Crowder and whatever is good enough. Cause you have Chris Paul, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. (laughs) If you can't win a championship with those three, or at least get to the finals or Western conference finals, like you have your own problems at that point. It feels like, you know, beyond anything else. Right. And that, I mean, this is the thing that makes any trading for a third superstar. The hardest thing to do is like, okay, you have a bunch of youth and cool depth, but like that didn't get you anywhere last year. And there could be multiple reasons for that, but like, uh, I don't know. Like I, you just got to Like your window is your window and it feels like the sun's we've talked about it before. The sun's window might be closing, and even if you're like Miami, like how good do you feel about going into next season with the health of like Kyle Lowry and, and like Tyler hero might be starting to hit a ceiling. Like, do you think he's like, this is the thing that Miami got into last time. Like, of course they're going to go after Kevin Durant, but like you have to include everything and it's going to be hard for Miami to get Kevin Durant because the Nets are going to want Bam out of bio. Yeah, and the Nets can't get Bam out of bio because of Ben Simmons. So again, James Harden is shooting the Nets right in the foot. It's amazing. Yeah, it has to turn into a three-team deal at that point. Right. Send Simmons elsewhere, but like, I don't know if I'm. Let's start. If I'm Phoenix, I mean any combination basically of Aiton, Bridges, Crowder, Sarich, Payne, Shamit. You know, Tory Craig, Cam Johnson, like basically any combination of like three, four of those guys has to go plus picks. Yeah. If you're Miami, let me pull them up real quick. Again, I think I'm I've been pretty well with saying like I'm not the biggest Tyler Hero guy, just me personally. But like Bam Robinson Hero. Like, it's hard to do this deal without basically all three of them in the deal, you know. Right. And maybe it's, you know, Simmons is getting rerouted to somewhere else and they're also going to send, you know, Brooklyn stuff and then Miami. I honestly just don't know if Miami has the picks to make this work, to be honest. Yeah, that's the other piece is that, like, if you're Brooklyn, you want the picks, you want all the swaps. You want like everything, right? It's not just players, it's draft assets because you have to recoup what you sent out for James Harden. 
And Miami's kind of shorthanded with that. And Miami has sent like every first round pick they have because they're so good at finding guys off the scrap heap and feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. So, but, yeah. And like Home Depot can't be in this trade. Caleb Martin can't be in this trade. Like, not that there's anyone else really useful. Like, PJ like, Tucker's leaving. Do you, like, Max Struess, is that like a centerpiece of this deal all of a sudden? Yeah. I mean, he's I, like 1.8 million. Yeah, he's fine. It doesn't really matter. But like, if you're Brooklyn, you're like, we already have Seth Curry and Patty Mills. Like, right. We don't care about him at that point. Be more interested probably in Gabe Vincent for the sake of having a point guard. But like, still, it doesn't matter. Like, that's it's not worth Kevin Durant. Right. It doesn't you know? equate to Kevin Durant. That's where yeah. I'm getting hung with Miami is I can't find one that works for Miami that like is actually worth Kevin Durant. Yes. I find some that are worth, you know, like not weird Kyrie Irving, like normal <laughs> Kyrie Irving. I find some that are worth it to like him. Right. But like not Kevin Durant. I, I can't get theirs to work, to be honest. Yeah. And that's the thing for Phoenix then is like why they try and hold out on Phoenix's side of not giving up Aiton and Bridges is like what else is your offer yeah you know Bam and Buddy healed once you send Ben Simmons to Indiana or something like you know like that's not that impressive it's not that good so yeah I think Toronto could be a sneaky team I know I've seen the odds move up on them and that's why like we have to discuss other teams like Toronto yeah it's a good uh, one um I think they're their offer could just be incredible. Like you could tell me Pascal Siakam's in the deal. You tell me, I don't know, Scotty um, Barnes, Scotty Barnes, OG yeah, and OB. Yeah. Any of those guys like could be in the deal plus picks. And you feel like you haven't gutted your entire team to pair right. with like Fred Van Fleet and the guys who are remaining. Right. Like, that's right. what could make this Toronto thing really fun. And we've seen Musai Ujiri, the president of basketball operations there, take swings on Kawhi Leonard and it work out. Um, so I wouldn't really rule them out. Like, they would be actually one of my top destinations for Kevin Durant because... Uh, I would too. I'd be thinking that same thing. Like, you could send OG Barnes and, like, Achua... Yeah. You know, and then all the picks. And then you'd still have Katie, Siakam, Van Fleet, Gary Trent, Kim Birch, some bench guys. You re signed Thad Young. You re signed Chris Boucher. Like, that's doable. Like, it's that. a good team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'd like that one. And the one you threw out earlier of New Orleans, like, Again, they have all the picks, and I don't know if you could just entice Brooklyn with, hey, Brandon Ingram, and a bunch of picks. Yeah, straight I mean, up. It, <laughs> the Brandon Ingram one, like we just saw that guy eviscerate one of the best defenses. Brandon and, Ingram is so good. I I think that's the one piece that people are underestimating is like. If you're Brooklyn, like Brandon Ingram is the whole, right? Like yeah. plus the picks. Because you could I think if you're Brooklyn, you could say, I want those Lakers picks that you have. Sure. Who cares? And, sure. and 
that that gets really interesting um because that you're shorting the lakers essentially like you're and and the pelicans don't have to gut their future either um i mean they literally can't trade zion because of the extension he just signed he's not eligible to be traded so like that one's not even on the table right and i don't think cj is the type of guy brooklyn would want to be honest right so like brandon ingram's the only guy left like even if it's brandon ingram plus like trey Trey yeah trey murphy or something like that yeah or even like dyson who's the guy they drafted this year yeah dyson Dyson Daniels. daniels at number eight right out of the g league ignite as long as he hasn't signed yet i don't think he has I, had to, I was scrolling through and I didn't see his name pop up, but I also yeah. wasn't looking for his name. So, yeah, that, that might be an interesting deal for the Nets, right? Um, yeah. And that might be better than Toronto's offer, but it depends on your opinion of Scotty Barnes. I think Barnes. better. Yeah, I think um, it's Toronto's offer. I don't think Scotty Barnes is ever going to get to that Brandon Egram level. I've seen slash I think he will get to because he's still only 24. <laughs> right, like – if you're looking for a pseudo KD replacement, not that anybody can replace KD, like Brandon Ingram's pretty close. And yeah. you can keep Seth Curry. You can keep, you know, Royce O'Neal. You can keep some of the guys that you have on your roster already and still be competitive. Are you going to win the East? Probably not, but you're not going to bottom out either. That sounds like a team that's at least making the play in. Like you, you could win. Yeah. You can go 500 at least. You can win 40 yeah. games. Yeah. And if you're Steve Nash, you're like, okay, whatever we get for Kyrie, plus Brandon Ingram, plus, yeah, some of those guys you mentioned, like you can have a team. And, you know, to kind of wrap up the Brooklyn bit so we can move on, like at that point, like at least you have a guy. And I think Brandon Ingram really could be a number one option on a yeah. legitimately good team. So he was, he was like what 27 7 and like six or something like that in that series against Phoenix. Yeah. Like he was ridiculous. Wild. So again, I've said it multiple times. I love Brandon Ingram. I voted for him all NBA this year. He's so good. If you can <laughs> get him, get him. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I also like the Toronto deal, like you said. Okay. So the trade that has actually happened so far. And this is the other one that like just busted everybody up was the Utah jazz saying, hold my beer and sending Rudy Gobert to the Timberwolves for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Jared Vanderbilt, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, who was selected in the first round this year by Minnesota. And then unprotected, first-round picks in 2023, 2025, 2027, a top-five protected pick in 2029, and a pick swap in 2026. Ryan, holy Jesus. Um, What? This this is like – this is what we're talking about when you have to throw everything for Kevin Durant. This yeah. is like Rudy Gobert, like defensive player of the year, like nice player, right? Not like the greatest thing ever. Certainly has his flaws. He's not even a top, what, like 25 player in the league. And that might be he generous. Might be he might be top 25. He's not top 10. He's not He's top not five. Top, like yeah. 
And that's the thing. And this this guy, I mean, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, five players. And I, I know, is to make salaries work. Five players, four picks. And a swap. And yeah. a swap. Yeah. Like, that's – we're talking about, like, Paul George – freaking level of trade yeah. equity that yeah. the that the wolves just gave for Rudy Gobert and like I, I get it like you're the Timberwolves like you're not going anywhere with the team that you had you, like you couldn't say run it back because we saw probably the, the ceiling for that team that version of that team yeah and you're not getting any free agents nope so like what are you supposed to do you have to overpay for a really good, like a good center. Well, don't you have a center in Carl Anthony Towns? Like what? Like I know it's like a twin tower thing, but I just I don't know, man. I, that's that's the hangup, right? More than any, more than just going out and acquiring a star-ish player. It's you acquired a center who is not as bad switching as everyone gives them crap for, but. It's not his strongest suit. Right. And you're playing him next to what's, I guess, your franchise player, who's also 6'11", 250 pounds. Like, again, I don't... I guess Cat's not really a center, you know? At least not defensively. But when it comes final four minutes of a game in the fourth quarter, Cat slides to center. Right, right. Like you're not playing Gobert and Cat in the final two minutes of a playoff game, right? Yeah, that'd be bad. Like, I, I think that's more than how many picks, more than the unprotected picks, more than all the players. That's what throws me off with this deal more than anything is there's too much overlap with who has to play the five now in Minnesota, and like it's. When it's the three, it's fine because one of the guys can slide to the two or one of the guys can slide to the four, right? Like that's the whole great versatility thing about wings is most of them can play up or down a position. Rudy Gobert can't. He's a five. There's no no four in his French body whatsoever. He's all five. And so if Cat's a five, four and a half, something like that, like offensively he can play a four, but defensively he has to be a five. And if Gobert also has to be a five, like there's there's no chance there. Not that it's saying it can't work well enough to get them into the playoffs, but it's it's go- guaranteed not going to work well enough to actually win you anything, right? Like the I guess like the idea would be like okay, well like the Cavs pulled it off really well and they were pretty good this past year. Well, they have Evan Mobley who can switch on essentially a guard and has the yeah. foot speed to keep up with anybody. Yeah, like and- we saw time and time again the Grizzlies just abuse Cat and the pick and roll and say, yeah. "Come here, you're gonna get yeah. in this action." And that's not going to stop with Gobert on the floor. Is there going to be a better rim protector there? Sure. But it's not going to matter when Cat's getting freaking eviscerated and whoever Gobert needs to guard is going to be sitting in the corner 
like yeah. for a three. We've seen and this before. It's the whole Dallas Mavericks thing at that point. They're just spraying it out then. Right. Yeah. I, I'm curious how the Timberwolves build their defense here. Like, cause this past year they had to do the weird, like blitzing thing all the time because they couldn't trust cat on the backside. Right. Okay. Now you have Gobert. Are you still going to do the blitzing thing with your guys on the perimeter? And that would include cat, which I don't know if he'd be great at blitzing. Cause I feel like he's not going to understand the angles and have the foot speed enough to not lose contain, but beside the point, like, so are you now completely changing your defense? Like, is your defense different when Cat's defending a pick and roll versus when Gobert's defending a pick and roll? I, like, I just I have some real questions here. And as we know with Rudy, he doesn't exactly help your offense either. <laughs> so I mean, he he gives them a lot of threat, which I like. But I, was Jared Vanderbilt not? An honestly equivalent lob threat to what Rudy Gobert is as a lob threat, if we're being very real. Right. Like, you gave up Jared Vanderbilt, who was doing, like, I don't know, 60% of what Rudy Gobert can do. Like, granted, like, Gobert's a much better defender, but, like, Jared Vanderbilt's a... Vanderbilt can actually move on the perimeter. Right. Right. And he can play the four. Yeah. He satisfies their like defensive need at the four more so than cat does when Rudy's in playing the five. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I mean, you give up Jared Vanderbilt in the deal. Like I get it. Like it's fine. You know, like he's not that good in comparison. I don't know. I I wonder if this team is literally just going to like say like we're built on like, just a certain level of like, screw it. We're just more talented. Like, like that's just going to be the Anthony Edwards mindset, just percolating throughout this entire team of like, we're just dunking on everybody. I don't care. Or we're just eyeballing you from like 30 feet, you know, like, right. I, I guess. So you, you bring up Anthony Edwards. I'm glad you did. Part of me wonders in Minnesota making this deal is if it's like in Rudy Gobert's in some way insurance policy against cat asking out in like six months. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a little bit previously about like Anthony Edwards is the, honestly the real star in Minnesota right. and it wouldn't be shocking if cat doesn't want to be second fiddle to him. Right. So or if Minnesota even wants him to be second fiddle to Anthony Edwards. So you're right. There may be a little bit of that here. And like, Uh, this is just like in the interim though, like what if cat never asks out and you're just kind of stuck? Like Rudy Gobert's on a max cats on a max. Yeah. Anthony Anthony Edwards is going to be on a max soon. Like next season. So, like, that's three players, and that's going to be the, your cap space. Yep. And Minnesota's not historically great of building teams around their stars. Yeah, finding the margin guys, you know. Right, and, and I thought they... All of them in this deal. <laughs> yeah, I th- thought they'd done a pretty good job of that. Like, 
I like Malik Beasley. Like he's fine. Like I'm I'm still on Beasley Island. Um and like guys like Jared Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. And well I saw it was a good it was a good win for Minnesota that they got to keep um McDaniels. It was like I was like, yeah, I like Jay McDaniels. Like he might he might start for them this year, sure. Right. But like that's that he might start for them. I don't know. You have to start him. Like you brought back Tori and Prince. Cool. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, sure did. There's a reason he's been on like five teams and never sticks, and everyone trades for him, and then instantly he's like, "Yeah, you know what? Though we're good. <laughs> it's fine." Yeah, Patrick Beverly being in this deal is kind of wild too, because he was such a like I don't know Minnesota or die guy, and now he's I don't know what is this his fourth team in three years, two years. That. Yeah, he's been traded a lot. Maybe without even playing, because like, didn't he get like, technically get traded to Memphis or something? Yeah, like, he was on Memphis. Tweeted out like, uh, you know, like grind, grind culture or something like that, and then, and then got, traded. got traded the next yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but I'd say that, like he's good. He's a good NBA player, but like, he's this type of guy. Like Minnesota is like probably gonna miss actually because like they need his defense. Like, well, he was like a culture guy for them, yeah. Too. They need like intensity. Whereas, like Malik Beasley, like Patrick Beverly is more important to Minnesota than Malik Beasley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they gave up not super valuable guys, but like guys, a couple guys that were important to them. So, right. and then I don't think the picks like are going to be like awful to where Minnesota is just regretting it. Like the 2023 pick. I honestly don't think the 2025 pick is going to be a bad, bad pick. But like once you hit like 27, 29, the 26 pick swap. That That's when it gets sketchy, yeah. right? I mean, is the four, 20- five, seven years from now. We were just talking about with Charlotte at the top. Like <laughs> four years later, no, those guys are even on the team anymore. Right. And between like 2017 and now, you had a, a top three pick. Like you had a chance at the, the lottery, like winning yeah, the lottery. Yeah, yeah. Like who's saying that? Like Anthony Edwards and Carl, you know, Carl Towns just say, like, screw it, we're out of here. Yeah. Like pull a KD and Kyrie. Yeah. So, you know, like I, I worry about Minnesota. This feels very short sighted unless you're thinking. Cat's not long for here, and we're going to recoup a lot of this in that deal. Right. Which could happen, but that's a risk that it's either like it works or that's your alternative. Right. And right. Both are tough. Um, okay, quick one here. Boston acquired Malcolm Brogdon from the Pacers in exchange for Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Jawan Morgan. And a 2023 first. Um, yeah, sure. I like it if Brogdon plays. So Yeah. I mean, it's what they need. So Celtics don't draft anymore. Um, they're just trading all the first round picks. <laughs> one at a time. Not Did four. Brad Stevens go to the Phoenix Suns school for the NBA <laughs> draft? Or? It's like the draft doesn't exist. I don't, don't draft. Um, okay. Um, next one. We'll talk a minute about this one. Um, Atlanta. Kind of two deals here for Atlanta. So they kind of got all this actually tr- kicked off by trading for DeJounte Murray 
Um, in exchange, the Spurs got Danilo Gallinari um, and then first-round picks in 2023, which is via Charlotte, which might end up being a very good pick now. Um, 25, 27, and then a 26-pick swap. Um, Gallo is going to end up going to Boston in free agency after he gets waived. Um, and then Atlanta also sent out Kevin Herter to Sacramento. Um, Mo Harkless, Justin Holiday, and a lottery protected future first are coming back to Atlanta. Um, Ryan, Atlanta, they did things. I cannot describe how much I dislike the Kevin Herter deal. Wow. I, I'm not going to lie. I do agree. I don't like that deal. That one so, felt like, wait, you're getting DeJounte Murray because you're trying to like win <laughs> Kevin Herter for a pick and Mo Harkless? Hold on, hold yeah, hold on. Let's back this up. Justin Holiday. You're sending out Kevin Herter, who's a good player for Mo Harkless, uh, who hardly cracked Sacramento's rec- uh, rotation. Justin Holiday, who hardly cracked Sacramento's rotation, and a lottery protected first to try to draft a Kevin Herter. Like what are we? Like what are you doing? And you had Kevin Herter on like a four-year deal for like is basically like a four for 60 like it's a good deal it's a really good deal like it's not why like he's coming up and you're worried about having to give him like a four for 80 like, like why are you, the deal. why are you so like i didn't i i never understand this with young teams and i get it like you're the hawks you made the eastern conference finals two years or two seasons ago right mm-hmm. just last season what like why are you in such a rush to trade some of your best young core pieces? Like like the Kevin Herter thing, like why are you in such a rush to trade him? Like I get it, he's never gonna be an all-star. But like you have a ton of your problem is you have a ton of wings and you trade for two more wings. Like Does what? It, like and let's be honest, we like DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter gets hurt a lot. Right. Like you're gonna you don't just need like, oh, let's just get a couple backups. Like you need someone honestly who can play. Like for when he goes down. And Kevin Herter can actually play like 25, 30 minutes a game. And knows how to play with Trey Young at this point. And can move the ball and pass and dribble and do the all the things you want. And was oh, by the way, one of your best players in a game seven. To get you to the Eastern Conference Finals, yeah, that it it it's honestly felt like Atlanta's kind of done Kevin Herter dirty like the last year, like ever since that run, like they never really like embraced him, and this just kind of feels like the epitome of it now, like coming to an end. Like it didn't have to go down this way. Like, like it really, if they get a good deal, he's come through for them. Them keep coming through for you. Like, I don't understand. Like, it, this is a tangent, and I'm sorry to get off on a tangent. That's fine. Matt. I like it. Why are you in such a rush to trade John Collins? Like, yeah. what are you getting back for John Collins that makes you think, okay, we're a contender now? Because John Collins, if you haven't noticed, is a really freaking good basketball player. And I wish Atlanta's front office would wake up to that fact. Yeah. I, I mean, we're... we're preaching to the same choir here. <laughs> I get it. Like I, I know. Like I, I 
like I understand like you're wanting to compete and we could talk about DeJounte Murray. We weren't supposed to talk about Kevin Hurt that much, but it just mm-hmm. irritates me to no end how these front offices are so quick to make deals on guys who are like 23 and 24. Like why these are the guys every front office are looking for. Yeah. A wing who can score and dribble and pass and do all these things. And you trade for people who can do less. Yeah. Man, this hurts my brain. It was like they did the DeJounte deal and we're like, damn, we sent a lot of picks. <laughs> <laughs> do we need to get one back? <laughs> that's, that's like, I'm, I'm sure that's not how it went. But in my head, like the realistic, like true serum, like that's how it went. It's like, should we have really sent out that much draft capital for DeJounte Murray? Like, could we not have just sent out Kevin Herter and kept one of those picks? Like, like I, and this I, is what they did to, con- like, to, uh, you know, like, quote unquote, undo it then. Right. Like, to make up for, it's like, uh, like, in their, in their DeJounte Murray trade meeting, they're like, okay, we're going to have to send out more than we thought, but we can get it back by trading someone else out. And, like, yeah. Not not everyone got the memo that it wasn't supposed to be Kevin Herter. Like <laughs> it was supposed to be someone else. And like I just I I guess I'm gonna go on a tangent for too long here. But uh, we can talk about Dejounte Murray and the Hawks and yeah. I I just transitioning into that. Like I this this makes sense, right? Like you need the Hawks are still gonna be good. Like they. They, they can run out something along the lines of Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, one of Bogdanovich or Hunter, and then Collins and Capella. Right. And obviously between Bogdanovich and Hunter, whichever one you don't start, that's your sixth man. You're going to have Okongwu. You're going to have the two guys you just traded for, Mo Harkless, Justin Holiday. You drafted A.J. Griffin. Like, you still have, like a really solid, like, nine, ten guys. Like, you probably need another point guard to add in there. Yep. But, like, Atlanta can be really good still. DeJounte Murray can be helpful to them. Um, defensively, he's yeah. now one of two and a half people that play defense on this team. <laughs> um, that's, I mean, that's positive. And then there's the whole offense, Trey Young, who has the ball, who doesn't have the ball thing, which we right. can get him if you want, but I don't know if I want to that much, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before with Trey. It's like, and we talked about it before. I think, I think we talked about it in their one, two, three Cancun, right? Like, when you're making a deal like this, you have to tell Trey, like, you have to be okay with getting off the ball. And Dante to- Murray's running 20 pick and rolls every game. Right, right. Like, and you have to do something. Like, you can't just stand at half court. Like, we love that you watched James Harden growing up, but stop trying to be like James Harden. And I think at the end of the day, like, this is a good trade for Atlanta, right? It makes sense. You sent out a guy who you probably weren't retaining anyway and some draft assets to get a guy who was all-NBA, all-star level guy. And, I mean, it feels like this could put them closer to the edge. I don't think it puts them over the edge, though. And that's kind of my one one big thing with this trade is, like, you gave up 
a bunch of draft capital to not like push yourself into serious contention. Like you're not better than Milwaukee. You're not better than Boston. No. And like short term, you're probably not better than Philly. You're not better than Miami. Right. I one, it's like they tried to be like, this is our version of the Drew Holiday trade. Yeah. Except DeJounte Murray is not as good as Drew Holiday. <laughs> and you, you're missing Giannis, yeah. right? Like, that's the other thing. <laughs> that's important, too. Um, yeah, he doesn't fit as seamlessly as Drew Holiday did in Milwaukee. And then, yeah, missing Giannis hurts, too. I think <laughs> another aspect of this, which we need to touch on, is Jonathan Murray's under contract for this coming season and the year after. $16.5 million this year, $17.5 million the year following. He's going to get paid soon. Like, we all know that. Like, he's getting $30 plus million a year. Like, he, he just is because yep. he's been an all star now. He might get another all star game appearance, you yep. know, between this year and next year. Right. Like, He'll be eligible for like a 4150, 4190, like something like that, man. Like he can get 35, 40 million dollars a year if all breaks right over the next two years for Dejounte Murray. Right. So if you're the Hawks, you're going to be paying Trey Young 40, 50 million at that time. You're going to be paying Dejounte Murray thirty-five, forty million at that time. Seventy million. Yeah, yeah. You're looking seventy, eighty million. Just maybe even ninety, depending on how much Trey gets paid. Murray, yeah, Murray gets, and yeah, what year it is with Trey, and then like we're getting expensive. Like you got to figure out what you're doing with DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella's at twenty million a year for the next three years. John Collins is still on this team for now. He's at like $25 million a year for the next four years. Like, they're going to be darn near capped out. Like, or, or they're about to get into Clippers, Warriors type of tax. So, it, is DeJounte Murray worth that? Let's put it like in two years. That's a big bet to make. Right. Obviously, like we're a little lower on like Trey and DeJounte. Like not that they're not bad, like they're not good. It's just like we're not that high on them. Like I wouldn't be paying $180 million plus a hundred million dollar tax bill for that team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, is like what's I mean, obviously it feels like ownership maybe, you know, pushed this trade over the edge if they were if they're high on, you know, competing and wanting to, to try to win, um, but what's their stomach to pay long-term luxury tax? Is it a lot? Because, like you outlined, this could be a while before well, the Hawks. They're, they're going to be in the tax this year. Yeah, like they're currently sitting at like 153 million, I think, something right about 150, and that's where the tax line is this year. And they haven't even filled out their roster yet. And they like repeater tax comes into play, like all that stuff comes, yeah, right. So, like, next year, then, yeah, not only are you not getting like cheap players and drafts, 
to like help off balance some of this, you're really like pushing the edge of like, all right, we just have to compete. And like, I don't know, again, like how long, it just doesn't seem like players are staying in one place very long. So that leads to the question is like, is Trey Young like going to stay in Atlanta long-term? Um, or are you like, is DeJounte Murray like kind of like an insurance policy? And maybe that's part of this is like, they're not confident with Trey Young. Cause he's like, I feel like we've had success. We are no longer having success. Right. You know, cause they got to the one fluky Eastern conference finals um, appearance. Like, I, I don't know, Ryan, I'm honestly, I'm pretty low on these deals. Like for Atlanta, like, I'm not saying just keeping what they had was necessarily better, but I would have done things differently. I think that's kind of where I'm at with Atlanta. Serious they, question. Yeah. If this plays out until the trade deadline, is DeJounte Murray's deal less? Yeah, I don't think they would have had to pay as much for DeJounte. Like, so then, like, if you're Atlanta, why did you do the deal now? Like, who was like, is anybody outbidding you? Like, who has the draft capital, I guess, to go do this deal? And who has the cap space to take on that? I mean, I guess there were a few other teams like Minnesota, but we just saw Minnesota spent a crap ton of stuff for Rudy Gobert. And that might have been because DeJounte Murray was all of a sudden unavailable. But like, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. I mean, I honestly think this is an amazing deal for the Spurs. Yeah. Like you get you get to keep all this draft capital from for a team years out, which is always great, right? Yeah. We've seen this kind of play out before. But like, I don't know. I just but also, and I know we've texted about this, like all they've been doing is drafting guards. Right. Like too. Like they drafted Jeremy Sohan in the top ten this last draft. But, like, even their two other first-round picks this past, you know, draft were guards. Like, they've drafted, like, six guards or wings over the last, like, five years. Like, they just – they have to start playing these guys and figure out what they've got. And I like DeJounte. I wouldn't pay him $35 million a year to be my point guard. I think he's good. I just – I wouldn't want to pay him more than, like, what Jalen Brunson got paid, to be honest. And he's just going to be more worth, he's going to get paid more than that. And so let's at least figure out what you got already, get more picks to get more good players. And if you're San Antonio, like they're finally like picking a direction. They've been one of those teams stuck in mediocrity with like their draft position and the record. They finally picked a direction. Yeah, absolutely. A couple other ones. The Royce O'Neal trade from Utah to Brooklyn for a 2023 first. That was weird. Um, yeah, the whole KD thing. Um, <laughs> Knicks, they've already made one deal with Detroit to send Kimba Walker there, which happened on draft night and the whole Jalen Duran thing. They've sent Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel now also to Detroit along with some seconds and some cash um, just so they could get cap space for the aforementioned Jalen Brunson um, <laughs> transitioning into the actual free agency now, not just trades, um, who went to the Knicks on a four-year, 
million dollar deal, Ryan, that the Knicks have to get some sort of tampering thing on this, right? Like penalty or whatever. No, 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 no. no, no, no. There was supposed to be a Dallas meeting, so they should be fine. Oh, wait. The Dallas Miami meeting got thrown out there for a meeting, and Miami's like, who? Us? <laughs> no. I love how, you know, like the agent, like that was the great thing. I think I first saw this reported at 111 million or something like that. Like yeah. maybe it was first reported as that. Um, I love the fact that like agents now kind of have to like protect themselves and their clients and the team their client is going to by like putting out fake information, right? Like, (laughs) what? One, there's no way Miami could have gotten this without a sign and trade, which would have been near impossible for them to do with the hard cap. And who are they sending out? Kyle Lowry? Dallas don't want Kyle Lowry. Like, like Tyler Hero, it's like okay, cool. Like you're not getting Jalen Brunt. Like I don't know. It's just the money wouldn't work then. Like it was so dumb. The Miami thing was never. That was a complete lie. And then the Dallas, like don't get me wrong, I bet Dallas did want him back. But like the Dallas offer was like not that great per year, from what I heard. So what I this, he, he's been going. He was going to the Knicks. A month ago, if you would have let him, like, <laughs> well, that's what I, that's what I love about this too is like, what like Nick's front office guys were like going to Dallas playoff games. Like they were trying April. to hide it. Yeah, and it's like of course he's going to the Knicks. Like this is a known thing. Like I'm sure if you called, just like cold called the Mavericks front office and like was like, hey, are you guys keeping Jalen Brunson? They would be like, no. <laughs> You want to, but no. Like, I mean, the Knicks hired Brunson's dad, which, like, he is an actual assistant coach. Like, he is a real coach. Like, this isn't just, like, a random hire, you know? But, like, this was happening. Like, there's no, like, if Miami and Milwaukee got fined, like, a second-round pick this past year for, like, tampering, like, New York needs to be fined, like, four. (laughs) One for every year of this deal. Because, like... This is abs- like just insane. Like, and again, I don't care. Like, again, Jalen Brunson's fine, right? What? Like, why? Yeah, the why did it matter this much? <laughs> like, like, give it a day. At least act like you're, you know, like if you know you're gonna do it. Like, yeah, don't, don't sign until like, July second. Like, yeah. just for giggles, you know, just to like, get the league off your back, like. Oh no, we were still negotiating, you know, like incentives and all this. Like we didn't have all this ironed out. I mean, this is the first deal reported like hours before. Like, yeah, th- that was dumb. Um, actually, talking about it now for the Knicks. Um, I don't know, Ryan. Does it really make them that much better? I mean, you go from a non-playoff team to maybe okay. So like, we know their floor, right? We saw it last year. And maybe we know yeah. that that like versions team, that version of the Knicks ceiling to be the year before when they made the playoffs and were like a feel good story. Mm-hmm. So, or so like why? So is Jalen Brunson gonna be like a floor raiser? Like, are you now like a like five hundred team for sure? Sh- maybe sure. Maybe I, I get it. But, like, 
if you're thinking, oh, Jalen Brunson is awesome and he's going to carry this production over from when he was playing in Dallas, I would put a pause on that thought because he was playing next to Luka Doncic. And Luka Doncic is a top five player in the league. And there's not anybody on the Knicks that is in that caliber. Like you might say like RJ Barrett might, might maybe be on his way to that. But like you're still years away from finding that out. So like are you hoping for like a 20-point version of Jalen Brunson? Or is it more realistically going to be like a 15-point Jalen Brunson? Point per game. See, I think he'll score, but the problem is I think they need him to be like an, a real point guard. Yeah. Like, and not saying he has to be like the 10 point, 10 assist, you know, point guard, but like the, he needs, like, they probably need him to be more like an 18 and eight guy than a 22 and four. Type. Right. You know, like they, they need the ball to move. Right, because that's like the problem. Like Julius Randle, Derrick Rose, R.J. Barrett. Like they need the ball to move because all their other guys don't right now. And like, not to say like Rose can't pass or quickly can't pass, but like the ball just like their offense is just horrendous to watch. Like the something has to change with their offense. And to me, Jalen Brunson just is a better version of the offensive style and guys they have right now. He doesn't change it for the better. And maybe it wouldn't change just because Tibbs, you know, like it's just, it is what it is. But like, I don't know. He doesn't fix their offense. And then to be honest, their defense needs some help too. And he doesn't help. He certainly doesn't help that. Right. We saw that. We've seen this. So, is he a better basketball player than the guys they were putting out there at point guard? Yes. Therefore, are they better? Yes. Are they back to being the five seed now? Heck no. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's the overall point. Is like, okay, you signed Jalen Brunson. Like, you signed one of the better free agents in this class. Cool. You still might not make the playoffs. Yeah. Might make the play in. But you're, I, I don't think they're getting into the playoffs. Playoffs, like, I, again, I'm not just, I'm just not that big of a Randall guy. RJ Barrett, he, again, one of the guys we'll get to, like, has not got the an extension yet. I really don't feel like they know what they have in terms of like a number for him. So, you know, like, they they have some real things to figure out well beyond Jalen Brunson. Does. And like we said, he helps their floor, but like he really doesn't help their ceiling at the end of the day. So right. And one um, last point here with yeah. the Knicks, I'll point out is like you mentioned quickly. Is quickly not like is Brunson not the version that you want for quickly? Like I don't. I I guess I don't like. There's so much overlap there. I think. Yeah. I, I like quickly. But like I guess that doesn't prevent you from signing Brunson. I just I don't like think so yeah. So like what is that mean? Quickly is long for New York because he was one of your guys who could like score, and yeah. the Knicks were notorious for scoring like eighty points this past yeah. season. 
To so, me, like every minute Brunson's not on the floor quickly needs to be on the floor. Right. Like has to be. So. And the other piece, like last thing, last, last thing, I promise. Because we love crapping on the Knicks. It's like Alec Burks was a big part of that rotation. And you just sent him out for cap space. So like what – I. I don't know, like, what wings is this team now playing, right? Because it's like R.J. Barrett and, like... Is Cam Reddish going to actually play? Is he he a thing? A Von Fournier? I can tell you how that's going to (laughs) go. Like, they were talking about trading Fournier, right? Like, they're trying to... Oh, they don't want Fournier. Like, that's being reported. Like, they're trying to trade him. Like, they tried to trade him back to Boston and into their, like... Uh, trade exception. Boston's like, yeah, we're good. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, are you playing Quentin Grimes now? Like, I like Quentin Grimes as a rookie last year, but like, Tibbs ain't playing him that much. You know it, right? So, just how it goes. Um, okay, more young guys. Zion, Jaw, Darius Garland all got the rookie max extension. Um, five for one ninety three could get up to two thirty one though. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah. Sounds right. Good. Yep. Um, good players get paid. Yep. More good players getting paid, but a heck of a lot more. Um, Brad Beal, five for 251. Um, Booker, Cat, four for 224. Jokic, five for 270. Levine, five for 251. And then Anthony Simons, not quite as much. Um, four for a hundred. All right, Ryan. Any anything here? Anything to get off your chest? Um. So, I mean, we we kind of touched on Cat before. I'm fine with Booker signing. The Beal five for two fifty one, and the Anthony Simons four for a hundred makes me pause. Because what the heck are these two teams doing? At? Like, can I be honest? I yeah. like the Simon's deal more than I like the Beal deal. Yeah, like, I mean, like, in real, like twenty. So my thing with Anthony Simons, right, is like he was always kind of in theory until he went on that like month stretch where he looked like Damian Lillard reincarcerated, yeah. right? And that's what this deal is basically like set upon and Anthony Simons before this season was not necessarily the best, (laughs) you know? So like you hope he grows and continues to grow in that trajectory, but like, haven't we seen the two guard thing kind of work out in Portland? Like is Simmons and Dame playing next to each other now? Like what is happening? I mean, yes, they are. You just, you have to just cause like, a lack of guys on your roster um, in Portland. But, like, no, I think Simons is decent. I think if I'm having to get him at, like, $25 billion versus Beal at 50 like, I kind of just bet on Simons and his upside at this point rather than Brad Beal at $50 million. Like, I just – I like Brad Beal. I kind of know what he is at this point. He's not worth $50 million a year. Yeah, and, may- and maybe that's, like, a part of this thing, too, is, like, Portland forever 
has had no contracts that have been tradable. It's either been these massive deals like Dames right. and CJ's or like minimum, Mo <laughs> yeah, minimum deals that like you're like, I don't know if I can get any value out of this. So like maybe that's some of it is that they're just like the front office is you might be overpaying for Anthony Simons, but like it, it's eventually a tradable contact, contract, which you're fine with. Um, I just like, I don't understand the direction of either of these teams because they've been so bad for so long and it doesn't seem like they're getting anywhere out of that. It just yeah. seems like they're stuck in mediocrity and the Beal deal. I want to talk about this for just a second, Matt. They're like, what, two years too late? Yeah. On this, like getting off of Brad Beal. I get it. it's hard to move off your star. Right. Especially when he wants to stay. Yeah. For and whatever motivation. After you'd already moved off John Wall. I get it. It's not easy to do, but it was the right thing to do, and they didn't do it. Right. And so, like, I don't know. It's kind of like the comment, like, like you get what you allow, you know, like, mm. or like that's like what your culture is, like. It's like whatever you allow it to be is what it's going to be, not what you want it to be. Right. Like this is what they've allowed to happen. Like this isn't necessarily what they've wanted, I don't think, to be honest. But like they allowed it because like they didn't feel like they could do better. And so like this is not a good contract. Like this is not tradable. This is not going to be like a positive value contract. It's not. It's not Westbrook deal, but it's not. It's not that much worse. Like fifty million's a lot, a lot. That's a lot of money, even if the cap is going up, that's still a lot of money. We've heard the cap is going up before, though, and like it didn't necessarily go up right away either. So, like, I, I don't know. And these max extensions are like based off of cap. So, like, if the cap goes up, like his deal theoretically yeah. goes up too, right? Like these aren't hard yeah. locked in numbers. I. I'm at the point of I think he is going to do what Durant just did. He's oh yeah, that's that's the other piece. Four years and he's gonna be like, I'm out. It's, Give me out. It's like in six months we're gonna be talking about Beal, Bradley Beal trades. Yeah, because he's gonna ask out. And Durant had like four for like one ninety three left. I mean, Beal's gonna be at like a two for or Beal's gonna be at five for two hundred left something like that like, yeah yeah that's rough man like i don't know what team besides just like the desperate ones are gonna want that deal and the desperate ones are gonna be the ones brad Beal's not gonna want to go to and I'm... washington because he's been so loyal it's gonna try and accommodate him and then they're probably gonna get a bad deal out of it yeah i think I think that's just it is like we're reaching, like I said earlier, reaching this tipping point where teams aren't really have this war chest of assets. And like, what if you're Washington and Beal asks out and you're all of a sudden in a situation where no one's calling and you don't get anything for Bradley? Yeah. They're calling Toronto, they're calling New Orleans, like how we brought up with KD. Like, hey, you remember how you wanted him? You didn't get him. We'll take all that now for Brad Beal. 
and that team's gonna be like, uh, not not the same player. <laughs> yeah, no, we're good. Tender. Thanks. Yeah, like I think that's just how it's gonna go, and I'm borderline to the point of like feeling bad for Wizards fans, and I hate the Wizards. Like, <laughs> like this, is, this has just been such a mismanagement for I mean a while, but particularly the last like four years. It's been hard to watch. Remember when the Wizards were like 10-0 at the beginning of this past season? We all thought they turned a corner and they, you know, new like, coach, whole bit, Spencer Dinwiddie, not a thing. Now, now it's just, it, it's, it gets worse. It just keeps getting worse. Um, one more, kind of a big extension here. Your guy, Ryan. Lou Dort. Five years, eighty-seven and a half million dollars, Ryan. Um, what's up with this? First of all, Matt, that's Lugens' money back Dort to you. <laughs> and right. second of all, I'm a big Dort fan coming into that draft. Like, you guys stole him. He did. Yeah, I mean, like he was a one and done guy who got undrafted, and I, I mean, I, I have no idea how the Thunder ended up with. I mean, I. I guess they signed him, but whatever. I'm, I, at first I texted you and I was like, this is a lot for Lou Dort. And I like Lou Dort. And then since that, since then, I've kind of come around to this deal. I mean, it's 17 on average, 17 and a half million dollars. Right. And so, like, if you're the Thunder and you're rebuilding, you didn't even hit the cap floor last year. Like, who are you paying this money to, right? Like, this yeah. is a, a guy you found technically off the scrap heap, and um, you've brought him into your organization, and you built him up, you've developed him, and now, like, you're just going to let him walk next year for nothing? That's not, like, what competent organizations do. So, like, yeah, you might be pay- paying – over for Lou Dort, but like that's what small market teams have to do. And right. he's an elite defensive player, and we've seen him come up in big time playoff games. Um, and so I'm okay with the deal, especially because kind of like we talked with Simons, like it's a tradable contract. Like that's not going to be an albatross contract. Someone's going to want to pay Lou Dort yeah. seventeen million dollars. If it's not you, someone else down the road will. Yeah, and I think if you're Oklahoma City, like, this is, to me, the signal. Like, they they really believe in the drafts they've had. They legitimately think they have, like, two, three real building blocks right now. And now they're shifting to that. Okay, now we're not just finding guides anymore we're finding ways to start like making our team like putting to put them in a position to like actually be successful on the court, but also like in the market. And that's where OKC like didn't care. They didn't care about the market like the last couple of years. Like they're signing Lindy Waters and Jerome or Jeremiah Robinson are all and like all these dudes, like they were just finding guys, signing guys. Now it's like, now we're getting Lou Dort so we can trade him and Derek Favors for whatever, plus two of those picks. 
we're going to package Dort and Baisley, and we're going to go get whatever. Like, or we can finally start shedding, you know, Ty Jerome and Poku and, you know, Isaiah Roby. Wave today. He's gone. Yeah. Yep, they did. They did wave Isaiah Roby today. Um, because now we actually have some money committed to this guy, and we're actually like trying to figure out who our actual 10 guys are, and then who are the last couple bench guys from there. Like, this is the turning point to me. They are starting to take not just the game of basketball, but also playing like the GM game seriously. So. I would be encouraged if I was you and all Oklahoma City Thunder fans after this deal. Like for all the development, we you know found this guy, we built him up reasons, but also the your team is turning the corner right now. It may not work, but you're trying to turn the corner now. Um, with Shea, Dort, Giddy, and then Chet Holmgren. Uh, yep. All right. Other guys, we'll rattle through some of these just to knock them out. Um, Milwaukee brings back Bobby Portis, Wes Matthews, Joe Engel, bring in Joe Engels. Um, Heat bring in Oladipo, bring back Oladipo. Uh, Tyus Jones goes back to Memphis. Chris Boucher goes back to Toronto. Um, Nick Claxton goes back to Brooklyn along with Patty Mills. Orlando brings back Mo Bamba. A little surprising, but... Um, and then Gary Harris. Weirdly, a lot amount for Gary Harris. Two for 26. Um, Ryan, I don't want to talk about it, but Marvin Bagley getting a three for 37 from Detroit? Um, did, like, a decimal point, like, get moved to the wrong spot or something there? Like, what happened? Um, I mean, it's Detroit, so again, who are you spending the money on? And you yeah. might as well spend it on someone, I guess. Maybe it motivates him. I don't know. Uh, um, Jay Shante going back to Houston. Mitch Robinson going back to the Knicks. Four for 60 million. Cody Martin going back to Charlotte. Nurkic, again, talking about Simons and the Blazers earlier. Nurkic, four for 70. Um when you compare that to the next deal, which is Kavon Looney at three for 25, that Nurkic one stings a bit, Ryan. It does. Isn't that four for 70 what Clint Capella signed for? Somewhere about, around there. It's about there, yeah. I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. Those centers at those kind of prices, just, just, yeah. can, it's worrying. I like the Looney price or like um, the Zubach resigned three for 33 better. Like, yeah, or even um, McGee signing to the Mavericks. Maverick. Yeah, right. For like seven million a year. Yeah. Rather than 18 million a year, which the Nurkic got on average. Um, Nick Batum goes back to the Clippers, two for 22. Amir Coffey goes back to the Clippers, three for 11. Okay. Brian, we'll talk about a couple teams and then we'll rattle off a few more deals we thought were worth mentioning because we liked them. Um, Ryan, the Philadelphia Rockets um, here. God. Um, Daniel House, years, <sighs> 8 million. I like Daniel House. I think, that, I think this is smart. Um, he was good for Utah when they picked him up this season. 
And then P.J. Tucker, three for 33. Harden doing the whole opt-out thing to make room, and then he'll sign for something. I don't know what, but um, lifetime supply of Philly cheesesteaks? Maybe. Um, <laughs> There's a video of him at a Philly gym, supposedly. <laughs> okay. Um, Did I, I say gym? I meant uh, food, food court. Sorry. <laughs> what do we... What do we make of this, Ryan? This is... I don't want to do this. <laughs> I just... I'm, I can't. I just can't trust Philly, right? Like, that. I, I just can't... Trust Philly. I just can't get there with Philly. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I... Like, okay, these are fine signings. Like, I'm glad Harden... Like, you're not going to overpay for Harden, who's, like, I don't know, going to make $60 million or whatever. Um, if he had like signed that like max extension, yeah. um, but like we just haven't seen it with Philly. Like they have to prove it. Like make it to an Eastern Conference Finals, and then like we'll talk. Like all of this is fine. Like P- like I I still don't understand. Like I understand signing PJ Tucker, but like are you getting rid of it's Tobias Harris at some point? Um. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much for PJ Tucker, but like you just you deal with it. Um, I I like that they went and prioritized a couple wings. Like I will say that you know wing forward type guys. Right. With house house can guard a little more on the perimeter. Tucker can obviously be a little more big body. He can also be the backup five. You know, for when you don't want to go to like Paul Reed. I I still just don't know if it's enough. Honestly, probably the biggest one here is like they're literally like not going to sign James Harden now to the max deal. Like that's probably the biggest win out of any of this, to be honest, for them. Yeah. Is they're not gonna give him a you know, basically what KD is signed for right now. Um, like the four for one ninety type, four for two hundred type, five for two fifty. They like they just they're not gonna do that now. That's probably the biggest win out of any of this. And we've we've talked with Philly, like you gotta maximize the next two to three years. Like right. that maybe all Joel Embiid has left, like at his like actual prime to where you can win a championship with him. I mean, two year deal for Daniel House, three year deal for PJ Tucker, like the Harden's deal is gonna be three, maybe four years. So, I mean, that's all in line with what we've been saying for, like, this is it. Like, this is this is your window. If it's not already closed, this is your last couple chances at it. So, just from those perspectives, plus picking up D'Anthony Melton at the draft, we talked about that one on the last pod. Like, I like the idea of what they're doing. I just... Until I see it win real games in the playoffs and I see James Harden win real game six, game seven, you know, pressure moments in the playoffs, like, I kind of don't care. Yeah, but right. I don't know. There's also a weirdness to me about this, like, about them basically just trying to recreate the Rockets. Because, like, Daryl Morey is so set on, like, this should have worked. The first time around, but I don't. I whatever, dude. Whatever. I just like 
that team didn't work for a reason and culturally was a mess by the time it ended. And so, like, why, like, I just, I don't know. I just don't understand the rush to recreate this team. Like, and now the 76ers are, like, (laughs) in trade talks to try to get Eric Gordon. Like, what... (laughs) What are we doing, Matt? Time is a flat circle. What are we going to do? Trade Thibel and, like, Korkmaz? That's the trade. That's essentially the trade at a first-round pick, right? That's what it has to be. And, man, they're pushing the tax into it at that point, probably. Yikes. Um, I mean, (laughs) what you do? I just... I'm not saying it wouldn't even be helpful. It's just, like... We've literally we've literally seen this before. You're just changing out Chris Paul for Joel Embiid, like I guess, and like that's probably better. But like Chris Paul was really good at that time. Chris Paul was like all NBA level during that time, right? And yeah, I don't. It's Joel Embiid's the same problem. He just like you never know when he's going to randomly break his face or like twist his knee or whatever. I just that I just I don't know. Maybe Kyrie goes back to Boston and we just reset the NBA six from three years ago, three, four years ago. LeBron's like, we're going back to Cleveland and we're just running it all back. Westbrook um, gets back to Oklahoma City. It's just I don't I don't know, man. Like this this is just this Philadelphia thing, it just feels so so wrong. Like I don't understand this obsession. Like I saw the with- Celtics go bring back Al Horford, and they're like, you know what? That's a pretty nifty idea. We uh, like that. Let's do that again. Yeah, after they were on the wrong side of it, the one that paid Al Horford all the money. Um, all right, I'm done with this. Um, so we'll talk on the Lakers real quick. So. They did not bring back Malik Monk, which they reportedly wanted to do, but did not. Um, hey, I want to make million, a million dollars a year too, Matt, but I just can't seem to find a way to do that yet. Um, so what they did do was they brought in Lonnie Walker at the taxpayer mid-level, $6.5 million. So they were trying to recreate the Malik Monk thing just with Lonnie Walker now since Malik Monk commanded a little more money. Um, yeah, the problem with that idea, though, is Malik Monk is better than Lonnie Walker. Um, was last year, was the year before that, was the year before that, was the year before that, is going to be this year. So <laughs> don't think this is going to work quite as well as Malik Monk one did. Um, but cool. I guess um, this is the decision. And then the Lakers, probably an actual good move. They brought in Juan Toscano Anderson, um, basically at the minimum. Um, so that was good. I like that one, to be honest. Might be the best thing they've done. Um, <laughs> and they also brought in Troy Brown Jr., Damian Jones. From what I hear, it's basically the minimum. Yeah. I mean, Troy Brown. Not really, really in the Chicago rotation. Damian Jones. Yeah, he's been bouncing in and out of the league for the last like three years. Hasn't stuck like 
anywhere. So might be an NBA player. Probably not. I don't think he is. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really expect them to be able to do a lot, and maybe they're not doing a lot on purpose just to try and stay as open for the Kyrie thing as possible, Ryan. But like, this isn't making them any better. Yeah, I just like some of the things like shooting and defense, scoring and defense and passing and. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Did I just list all the things that you need to be good at to be a really good basketball team? Oh, yeah. That the Lakers. I, I just like the Kendrick Kendrick Perkins like walking off set is like how I feel about the Lakers. Yeah. It's just like like they're not they're not close. Like if the Clippers are what we think the Clippers could be, like that's like a ten times better team, right? Yeah. Clippers are gonna be good. And, Clippers are. I don't know. I just, I guess I don't have much else to say on the Lakers because they are such a train wreck. Yeah. Like the only way they're honestly going to be better besides the Westbrook trade is Anthony Davis just has to go back to being bubble Anthony Davis. Like if that happens, none of this probably matters. If it doesn't happen, none of this probably matters. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Matt. Just how it is. Um, okay. We'll just rat off a few others. Bulls. Um, added Dragic and Drummond. Not a bad idea. Um, Cavs brought back Ricky Rubio. Um, brought in Raul Neto. Those two point guard signings, Ryan, kind of makes me think they're probably not bringing back Colin Sexton. It's weird how quiet that's been, right? Yeah, very quiet. Very weird. Um, also brought in Robin Lopez. Mavs, as you had said earlier, added JaVale McGee. Nuggets added DeAndre Jordan. And Bruce Brown, more so. Care about the Bruce Brown one like that. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess we – did we mention on the pod? I don't think we did. Um, the Nuggets and the Wizards did a trade. Um, oh, Nuggets, yeah. Uh, it's so long ago now, it felt, feels Not, like. After everything else that happened. Um, Morris and Will Barton for KCP and – Ish Smith, yeah. Ish Smith. So Nuggets add more of a true 3 and D wing – the Wizards get an actual point guard in Monte Morris and then a bench scorer in Will Barton. Probably a fine swap for both sides. Yeah, so, I, like, I like this deal for the Nuggets. I like it for getting KCP. Like, I think he's yeah. a smart basketball player that can play off of one of the best players in the league. Yeah, probably fits a little more of what they actually needed. So, yes. Yep. Yeah, it's a good deal. Um, Warriors added Dante DiVincenzo. I like that sneaky little $4 million signing. Um, Clippers, as you were just saying, Ryan, added John Wall. Expect him to be better this year, along with the other guys they brought back. Um, and then just injuries, not being injured anymore with Kawhi, PG, and others. Um, Kings added the aforementioned Malik Monk on two-year deal. Timberwolves, again, doing all kinds of things. Added Kyle Anderson and Brent Forbes. Knicks brought in Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, sure. Blazers stealing from the champs took Gary Payton the second three-year $28 million deal. I mean, yeah, good. Sure. Um, Raptors brought in Otto Porter Jr. Heard that one was like, you know, he won some of the Golden State. His wife's from Toronto. Cool. I guess then. 
Hmm. And the Wizards, one last time coming back to them, brought in DeLon Wright, who had a really good end to the season in Atlanta. So a good little backup point guard um, deal there also for Washington. Anything else, Ryan, worth wanting to bring up, mention, talk about? Any of the quietness you feel like worth mentioning? Wanting to bring up? Yeah, I mean, I think the Colin Sexton thing's interesting. It's been quiet now for a couple days since we are recording this podcast. And uh, normally this time of the year is just always busy. It's always hitting, you know, some sort of Woj notification, Shams notification, some breaking news. And it's been like almost 48 hours now where there's been like no major things happening. Um, Makes me think that something big is about to happen. The NBA doesn't just get this quiet. We don't hear rumors, right, for an entire weekend. Fourth of July weekend, we're posting this on a Monday. I just wouldn't be surprised if this podcast gets outdated very quickly. I'll say that. And again, coming back to, again, from the very top, everyone's waiting on this Katie Kyrie thing. Yes. Where's each either whomever landing like that that's what it all comes back to right yep and you know there's still some good players out there and i think this thing's gonna have to wait out and it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of money gets dried up in the next couple weeks with teams who lose patience so it's gonna it's a fascinating time matt i don't think we've been in this kind of holding pattern for yeah. minute hey if you're like deandre ayton though you're like this is awesome i'm just sitting at home playing video games for 20 hours a day he's probably living his best life right now and not making max money but you know that's that's hey. neither here nor there yeah anyways we all have our own things ryan make money playing video games <laughs> you know some people do both you know but do just both. not deandre ayton um anyways thank you so much for listening to episode uh, 143 we will be back um maybe for kevin durant emergency podcast yeah, trade probably. um and who knows when that will be so we'll see you back in episode 143. yeah